Heather McDonald has got the juices scoop. When you're on the road, when you're on the go, Juicy Scoop is the show to know. She talks Hollywood tales, her real life Mr. Segment serial data, and serial sister. You'll be addicted and addicted fast to the number one tabloid real life podcast. Listen in, listen up. Woo woo. Heather McDonald. Juicy Scoop. Hello and welcome to Juicy Scoop. Well, I'm so excited. Of an old friend of mine, meaning that we met many, many years ago, Oscar winner, writer, TV personality in your own right. Wow. Mother <laughs> of three boys, boy mom, most important title of all, Diablo Cody, probably best known for your Oscar win, which is Juno, most amazing movie. But you've done so many movies since, and you have a new movie out, Lisa's Frankenstein, which is I saw Just Lisa it. Frankenstein. Oh, sorry. Lisa no Frankenstein. Sorry. Lisa okay. Frankenstein. And it is a dark comedy. It's from your funny, twisted, off the beat mind. There, it's 80s, which I love. It's from the 80s. And um, yeah, congrats on everything. But how many movies have you done now? I actually don't know. I'd have to count. I want to say it's like seven or something. Amazing. Yeah. And you wrote. The play, the musical, Jagged Little Pill, which uses all of Atlantis Morissette's music. I did do that. How did that come about? <laughs> that is honestly one of, first of all, thank you for that lovely introduction, Heather. <laughs> it's wonderful to see you. Um, that came about in, you know, these things typically start in a very unsexy way with a call from an agent. And, but normally, like, people had maybe, you know, suggested that I get into the theater space before that. But I'd always been like, no, nah, nah, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Like, I'm not a theater kid. I don't want to go to New York. But when they said Alanis Morissette, then, you know, come on. Like, I'm obsessed with her. I was obsessed with that album. And I just said, OK, I have to at least meet with her. Mm -hmm. And maybe I just wanted an excuse to meet Alanis. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking, I still don't know if I'm going to do this. And then I met with her. And then the next thing I know, I'm on this like, it was like a six or seven year journey to get that show to the, I mean, it took a long, it's a, and so spoiler you, alert, it's hard work. So I have <laughs> not seen it. So do, how did you come up with what the play would be about? So the only like creative direction that I was given was that, that Alanis didn't want to do like a biography. Like she okay. didn't want it to be about her life. Got it. Because everybody who hears about the show and hasn't seen it, they always say like, who played Uncle Joey? <laughs> I'm like, there is no Dave Coulier in the show. Um, but um, <laughs> no, that's always a yeah. Yeah. Or like who played Alanis? And it's like, yeah. she's not in it. It, it. So I just thought like I listened to the album a few times, not a few times, a million times. And I thought like, I think that this is about a dysfunctional family and it's about like religious trauma and it's about like, uh, you know, sweeping things under the rug versus addressing them and allowing yourself to heal and like all these kind of big themes. And we did it. Amazing. And now it's touring? Yeah. It, it, we just finished the North American tour. And then the plan is eventually it'd be wonderful to have it in the West End. Do you but, think it'll be a movie the way they're doing like so many musicals are now becoming a movie? It's usually the other way around. This gets brought up a lot. And I got to be honest with you, like being real and not being like promo person. Yeah. I, I'm scared to do it because some musicals I do not think work as movies. OK. Some do. Uh, Grease. Grease, for instance. <laughs> I'm very excited for the Wicked movie. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the Mean Girls musical movie I haven't, yet. I haven't yet either. But, but I, I, I want to. I will, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it comes up. But I always think to myself, like, what if we, like, accidentally took this property that's special to us and, like, butchered it? Yeah. I'm kind of a pessimist. You are? Big time. You don't work the secret? Oh, my God. No, I've, I, should I start vision boarding? You, you don't, you know what? I've never done a board. I've never, I'm not crafty. So I've never gone to Michael's. I've never gone to, my friend used to go to parties every January with a bunch of women and they'd get the magazines and they would do it. And, but, I, but I've done, have had things work out in other ways. Like um, when we first got married in the Catholic church, we had to do like, they're like, now draw a photo, draw something of like what your life will look like in 10 years. So I, I, I wasn't overly, I wasn't in the sky, okay? So I yeah. did a, a, a normal ranch home that was bigger than what we had because at the time we had a condo. So I did like a little, you know, half acre lot with a semi-circular drive and this many bedrooms and 
And I was like, okay, I'll have my stepdaughter. I'll be pregnant with, with one and have another one that I already gave birth to with, within 10 years. And or somewhere around Did you there. manifest your exact vision? So then I was moving out of my house and I found the notebook. And that was the exact house that we were moving into. And I was pregnant with Brandon. I already had Drake. And it was three bed. It was four bedrooms. We added onto it after, but it was four bedrooms. It was it was a semicircular drive. And so I'm like, and I, so there was lots of things that I would do in my life that I w- didn't know I was actually doing the manifesting. And then someone else said something recently that they're like, you know, whether you work the secret, manifest, believe in the universe or God, or you are a Christian who prays, if you're praying for something, that is manifesting. So whatever works for you, but it's putting out positive thoughts and it's the opposite of like jinxing yourself. I do pray a lot. So maybe that's part of it. But generally, the pessimism stems more from you know, you know this probably. You, when you're in the business long Ugh, enough, you yeah. see how many things don't come to fruition. Right. Or, Especially at least for me. Maybe well, everything you've done has. No, no, not at all. I mean, I had, you know, I had pilots and auditions and everything exactly. that didn't work out. And I'm out. just like, most of the time but, it doesn't work out. Right. You you probably have so, especially you being a writer, producer, so many projects. Oh. Um Yes. Graveyard of failed projects. So for right. me, I'm like, the fact that we're even like, I this movie is going to come out in a couple of weeks. And at this point, I actually believe it's going to happen. Like, I'm like, okay, but if you had asked me a couple months ago, I would have been like, I don't know. Like, well, obviously, and also with the writer's strike and COVID yeah, and man. movie theaters and all that stuff, that really probably changed the 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 normal plan of things. Completely. Yeah. 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 It's just like, I, I can't, can't, or even just when Jagged Little Pill opened on Broadway, we, it, you know, it was culmination of years of work and we had to shut down like two months later because of COVID. I think that was the last time I saw you. You were, we were in like a Newport airport. Yeah, I saw a you at the airport. Air, a New York yeah. airport. Yeah. You were coming back from that or whatever. We Friggin were going. Sucked. And because that, now how, I always did not understand how you could have three kids and do your writing. And because when I, okay, so let's do a little bit background. Um, so we met on Chelsea lately. You were, were you a guest first? And Initially, then, I was a guest, yeah. Okay, you're a guest. Back when Chelsea wasn't booking like A-listers <laughs> and she had to have Diablo Cody on her show. Yes. And so what I also love is that then you like are such a pop culture, like you love all that stuff and you're fun to talk about it. So then you sort of became a regular on the show. You were sometimes on the round table yeah. and everything. And then your husband at the time, he was working on the show as an editor and so then we were like all would all hang out and we went to Vegas together. We went to Cabo. Yes. Cabo I is mean, where we hung out at I, first. It's yeah. just crazy that I mean, that was like Chelsea lately was like our social life for years and it was yeah. fun. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it, that is so true. It really was. And it was it really was fun. And um, wait, I'm just remembering something. You came to my house and I had some weird psychic. I remember it well. That psychic told me I was going to have a daughter, and I never did. So I, that's I, that did stick uh, with me. That psychic is not good. Oh, really? Did you also get a disappointing reading? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was nothing came true. And then also, she's read me like five times at different people's parties in L.A., but like she doesn't really remember it. But I'm like, oh, and they're like, and we have a psychic. I'm like, ah, we can pass. Like, I was. Here's what I'll say though about that party, Heather. Yeah. The psychic reading may not have come true. However, you did gift me the best hair dryer <laughs> that I have ever used in my life that I still use to this day. God, I don't even know if I. I you know what? I'm so bummed because I remember that whatever the PR person that I was working with gave me amazing, and I want to say never hair dryer. Got one. It's a rust speed freak. Do you remember what it's called? What is- it's called a Speed Freak. Oh. And it's the fastest blow dryer I've ever used. And it's still in my regular daily rotation. And I think of you when I use it. So oh thank God. you. Oh, my God. I love it. Um, <laughs> now, you had a really interesting start to your writing career. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? You were a stripper. I was. I was also like many other things. I was like the queen of odd jobs. I was like stripping. I was doing phone sex. I was an insurance claims but what, what, processor. So you said you went to Catholic um High school and grammar school? Yeah, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. Which is which is amazing. So then <laughs> and so when you finished that, did you not go to traditional college after that? Or you I did? did. I went to University of Iowa. Okay. I graduated. Um and then I I graduated at like the perfect time because it was 2000. 
And there were so many jobs. And I, I moved to Chicago. I got an apartment. I had a nice job as like a secretary at an ad agency. And I was just like kind of doing my little 20-something thing, right? Yeah. And then I just, I just had this feeling like I'm like I had I, I felt like this is tough to articulate, but it, it seemed like I had just done too linear and too perfect of a path. And I went now at that time because you're you're always you're, you're so pretty. Oh, and you've thank always you. had like the black hair and the blue eyes and you've always kind of have like the edgy fashion style kind of, you know. Yeah. Like were you like that then or not yet? Not really. OK. I, I kind of hadn't really figured out who I was. Uh huh. And um. I I met this guy online and he lived in Minneapolis and I went, I'm just going to move there to be with this guy, which is the kind of thing I do. But wait, had you seen him before you moved? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you were like had a little long distance thing going. We had a little long distance thing going, um, which, by the way, at the time, it was quite unusual to meet someone on the Internet. So everybody thought I was going to get murdered. Yeah. (laughs) But it was. uh, Guess what? You still can get murdered. You can. You can. That's never going to But I mean, people were shocked. Like, what? You met him online? I did. Right. Moved to Minneapolis. And when I got there, I thought, like, this is crazy. Nobody knows who I am. Like, I could just do whatever I want to do. I don't have to. And I walked into a strip club and I said, I'm going to start working here. And were you went right to stripping or you were a waitress first? No, I went right to it. I took my clothes off that night. A complete? Yeah. Like complete badge No, out. actually, oh. that was, so this, the first club I went to was topless only. Okay. But I was down to like a thong. Okay. Which is, <laughs> sorry for the visual. I was yeah. cute then. Yeah. Um, but cute. it was, You're I'm just saying beautiful. no one wants to see me in a thong now. It, at the time, I'm sure it was adorable. Okay. And then um, I just... I made a little bit of money. I was never one of those strippers that brings home like thousands of dollars a night and so has tons of regulars. One of those, were you, so were you one of those strippers that knew how to, yeah, so you weren't one of those that could get a regular and make them think that you loved them. I'm and so bad at that. So much, that is like such an art. It is. People do not realize it is sales. Yes. And the girls who are the top sellers are absolute geniuses. Like they should be in a different field because- if you have the ability to convince people that you actually have an emotional attachment to them while they are paying you for your time, you're a genius. And all you have to do is just go like this, right? On their, it's on their more back. than that. Like you just have to do the, what I'm saying, sexually, you the, don't have to do that You much. don't have to do much. Right. And the girls who made the most money were never the prettiest mm. and they were never had the best bodies and they never, they, it was a hundred percent like intellectual, cerebral, emotional intelligence. Wow. Okay. So you just were like, I was like, whatever. Okay. Like, I was having fun. And I also. And did you make friends with the girls? Were the girls nice or was it weird and competitive? No, some of them were nice. Like, the problem was that kind of environment, similar to the Playboy Mansion, if you've ever talked to the girls that came out of that system. I just, I've talked to all of them. That environment just fosters like competition and negativity. I wanted it to be like a sorority house pajama party, but like most people were not very trusting and you can't blame them. Right. Yeah. Because everyone. You, there's some people have a story, but you didn't have a story. You weren't that girl that and had I rec- nothing going on. I you, recognize that now. At the time, I think I didn't. I didn't recognize my own privilege, to be honest. Okay. And now I'm like, oh my god! Like I had a college degree. Yeah. Like I had a supportive family, and I wasn't an addict. I and I just there were so many women in that situation that didn't have what I had. Right. Right. That. Um, go about life differently and they have yeah. to be a little bit cutthroat absolutely because they people were not looking out for them when they were young so no they look out for themselves yeah and so so you so is that is this when you started to start your like tumblr account or whatever wasn't that it like you started to, <laughs> yeah. to blog about it this was pre-tumblr actually okay. i actually had to build my own blog with i had to take an html class okay so i took an html and javascript class so i could code my blog that's how long ago this was and um and then I started just, it, it's funny because initially I was just writing about my stupid day and my stupid hobbies. And of course, four people are reading it. Right. The day I started writing about stripping, all of a sudden I have readers. Yeah. Like all of a sudden the the hits are are piling up. And I went, okay, this is, I guess this is the shtick. Right. Sex sells. I'm just going to write about stripping. And so that's what I did. And you know, it's so interesting too, because with like influencers now, you know, and you sometimes hear that and all of a sudden someone blows up and they're like, I've been on TikTok for two years doing cooking videos or whatever. But then one day I talked about whatever, my narcissistic mom and, it, you know, went crazy. So like you never sometimes you just don't know 
what the thing is. And you're like, well, yeah, I, this is this is interesting to people. And it's interesting because it's the way I tell it. You know, I mean, I, it is. And I admit it's kind of a cheap hook. I mean, literally, the reason I'm talking to you right now, the reason as a screenwriter, they're sending me out to promote this movie, which usually they don't do with writers. Yeah. Is because of all that like wacky stripping shit I did back in the day. So you like, start that was how people found out who I was. So what was it? Didn't an agent somehow come across it? So my manager that I'm still oh, with manager. 20 okay. years later. And I love when someone can be with someone for that long. <laughs> that well, we produce so together only now. Only a few people and... are lucky enough, you know. But but then you see that a lot of successful people are ones that were able to find that great person. It's like, you know, finding the perfect marriage or whatever, because they're the ones that when they get their thing, they're like, we've been working together for 30 years. You're like, oh, my God, I there's so few people that can say that in this business that has found that one person and stuck with them. You Heather, know? I was so lucky. I would I'm still with the my original manager, agent and attorney. And my I was my agent's first client. I mean, we're still I, I have like I really found the right people right off the bat. And that's such a huge part of what I've been able to do. So, so this person reaches out to you. He reaches out to me um, over email through because I had an email link on my blog. And he was just like, I'm a Hollywood person. I'm a Hollywood manager. And like, I think you have a voice for screenwriting. You should try writing a script. And I was like, this guy's full of shit. Like, who is Can I swear? Yeah. I was yeah. like, who is this dude? Like, this has to be fake. Right. So I Googled him and I saw he had just worked. Yeah, I guess Google was there. Yeah. <laughs> I looked him up on yeah. my search engine. And he um, he had just worked on a movie with Wes Craven, and I'm a huge horror fan. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a legit person. I can't believe it. Right. So I said, OK. I said, I'll try writing a screenplay. And I just, like, bought some screenplays at Barnes & Noble and read them. And I went, OK, I think I, I'll just try it. And that was the beginning. And what was the first screenplay you wrote? Juno. Oh, that was the very yeah. first one. And how did you get the idea for that? I don't know. I think here's what I remember, because it was a long time ago. I remember I was sitting at my little kitchen table in Minnesota and I was thinking to myself, like, I want to write a movie about a relationship that like exists in the world, but you don't see movies about it. And I was thinking about how, un how what a strange dynamic it must be for a couple to meet the person that is carrying the child they're going to adopt. And I went, all right. So I wrote the first scene of the movie that I wrote was when the couple meet Juno. Right. And it was a really, I, at the time, I didn't know what I was doing. So the scene was like 17 pages long. I think in the movie, it's probably two or three minutes. Right. And, but I remember after writing it, I was like, okay, I think I, weirdly, I think I know who these people are. Like, and then I started from the beginning. Oh, okay. Very, yeah. Because, you know, it was such a great movie. We loved, and of course, you know, you got so blessed with the actors that were chosen. Oh. Jason Bateman and... Wait, who was the wife? Jennifer. Jennifer Garner. Garner, and she was great. Her like her way of being so earnest and pure was just perfect, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, and I mean everything about it was just. But then there were the twists. So the, like the twist of, of the Jason Bateman character not being so great. No, and he was. And that like when did you decide? Did you know from before you sat down that that did you know like this was going to be the beginning, the middle and the end before you ever started or were you just starting to go and it like led you to these? Uh, it's these funny. At the time, I think I really was writing on like gut instinct mm -hmm. and I, I don't think I knew exactly what was going to happen. Now I'm I'm really different now, especially now, because I have your... to be much more economical with my time. Yeah. With three sons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm just like so now everything's outlined. Everything's planned. I know exactly what scene is going to come next. At the t and also at the time, I just I had no education in screenwriting or storytelling. So I was just I knew I had to have three acts. Yeah. And so I think I knew how each act was going to end. But that was it. So you're you're writing the script. You're still are you still stripping? At the time I was. And then for but for most of Juno, I was working at an insurance company because I remember sitting at my little computer and switching over to Juno when I was on my lunch break. Oh, OK. OK. And then. um and you're still with the guy. Yeah, I was still I was still with my first husband. I've now been married twice. Okay. Um, but I was still with my first husband at the time, yeah. And and he knows you're writing this script and he's like, This is amazing, or what was his yeah, oh, and he was super supportive. Yeah. Like he was like he was reading it as I went and he was like, You know, this is really good, right? And I was like, Of course you're gonna say that. You know, but like he was like, No, no, no. He's like, I actually think this is like a good movie. <laughs> so then when you send it over to the manager person. Yeah. And what? How quickly did 
did he get back and was like, no, see, this is what I love about Mason. He yeah. is like the most blase person. He has never, ever in all the years that I've known him, he's never blown any smoke up my ass. He is just very like, yeah, let's see. I remember yeah. even in the beginning, before I even wrote the script, he said to me, he's like, you, he's like, look, you really don't have to be very good at this. He's like, because I have a pile of scripts on my desk and most of them are bad. So you just have to be like a little bit better than these bad <laughs> scripts. And he's like, I think you can do that. Like, you, yeah. see, you seem maybe kind of talented. Like, he was never like right. Hollywood about it. Like, he right. was very, and he still isn't like that. So he read it and he was like, look, he's like, let's see what we can do with this. He didn't, you know, he wasn't, <laughs> I, sh I should ask him about it now because maybe he did love it, but he didn't let on that he uh -huh. did. And um, then one day I was at work and he was just calling me over and over and I was like, oh my God. And then he told and me. You're still at the insurance thing, typing away. doing. So at that point. Yeah. I was always bouncing from job to job, and I still would be if yeah. I hadn't landed here. Right. Um, at that point, I was working at a local paper. I actually had a paid writing job at that point. And he called me at the paper while I was in a staff meeting. And I was like, I, have to, I can hear my phone ringing in the hallway. And I'm like, I'm just going to go get that. And he's like, pick up. Like, I have the best news. And it turned out that someone wanted to make the movie. So. And so then, then from there, how quickly do you and your first husband move to L.A.? I moved to L.A. I mean, oh. that was like, I don't want to, I can't talk about right, that, but that breakup. That's but when like, you were like, okay, I think this relationship has run its course. Well, it, there yeah. was, a, there was a lot going on, okay. but it was, I, I wound up moving to Los okay. Angeles. Yes. So then, I mean, when the movie hits, you get nominated mm -hmm. for original screenplay. Yeah. And where were you when you found out you were nominated? Because Chris and I, Chris was on yesterday. Uh, not yesterday, but whatever this air. So, you know, last week, Chris Frangelo was on and we talked about the Oscars. Oh, Chris Frangelo was here? Yeah, we talked about the Oscars. And I always remember people would say that story of like, some people I think would lie and be like, oh, the phone rang at 5 a.m. and I thought someone died. Oh, I, I hate no that. When people, I hate when people act like they didn't know the nominations were that day. It's like, come on, you were sitting up and you know it. No, I was actually, so I was scheduled. This is like- Did you I, know it was a possibility? Yes. Yeah, totally. Because- yes. Because all the other things. That, yeah, I had been nominated for everything leading up to it. So okay. I was like, yeah, I knew I was going to get nominated. Like, okay. I wish I could be like, I was shocked. I knew it. But I was sitting in a hotel because I was going to be on Letterman that night because I think this. they also knew I was going to get nominated. So they were like, this will work. And yeah. uh, my I had a friend with me and they announced the nominations. And we did the weirdest thing. We ran out of the hotel. We ran down the street to the Gap. Yeah. We burst into the Gap. And then my friend yelled, "My she got nominated for an Oscar. I'm going to buy her a sweater and bought me a green sweater. Just because? Yes. So I have a green sweater that, that is my kept. souvenir of that and day. you kept it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, okay, so you get... So you get nominated. And I remember, I remember what you wore. You wore a leopard dress. Yeah, that they picked out for me. I mean, at the time, it was like just this whirlwind of like, Here's what you're going to wear. What do you mean? You didn't get to pick it out? I mean, I sort of did. They had So the studio hired a stylist for me, uh -huh. which I've never had a stylist since then, which you can probably tell. But <laughs> I was like, and it was like, you know, like a fancy, it was like Jessica Simpson stylist. Okay. Like I was like, what is going on? And <laughs> at the time, Heather, yeah. in 2007, 2008, they did not know how to dress anyone that was not the sample size. Like true, and no designer would dress anyone that was not the sample size. Yeah. So it was a challenge. Like they right. were just like, "Here is a mumu," <laughs> but um, yeah, that was a leopard Dior dress. I still have that. I actually thought it was really great. Thank you. No, I loved wearing it too. Yeah, I just yeah. remember at the time, everyone was like, "That is so ugly." Who's? Oh, you mean like critics? Well, that's back when people were. That's fashion police time where people would say awful stuff. And, that was the time. It was yeah. like snark was like the. Yeah. The things. The Chelsea Lately time. No, I was literally going to say, and we were part of it. <laughs> no, I'm always like, oh, my God. We the, said such. God, the amount of things that I'm almost like. Dan and I sometimes talk about how pro problematic some of the content on that oh show my was. God, it, for now. I'm like, when it, you know, I remember with the, the, the YouTube, like, it was like we would. They had like a fan post. It was a fake fan. It was one of the editors would post on this YouTube. And and that is like how I kind of became better known is I did this video um, where I was Heidi of Spencer and Heidi. And we went to the beach and we did this whole thing and we mocked their 
music video. Now I'm very good friends with both of them, you know, and they're still married and they're like, you know. I love them. Yes. They're like two kids and all the whole thing. But that got millions of views on YouTube. And then E was kind of like, oh, we don't want people posting it till after whatever it airs. And then so it was so then they controlled it. They nobody could post anything but that, which was fine. But then when the show ended, I think they were mad at Chelsea and they took it all down. And at first I was like, I can't believe it. And now I'm like, thank God. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I'm like, oh my God, please. And there's still some like hate groups that will bring up stuff that I do. I'm like, no, what there do you was want? some that was what some do you cr- want? No, like, it's good that it's scrubbed. Yeah. I'm mean, it's there. I did it. We did it. Yeah. It happened. What do you want from me? You know, like it's it, it exists. People grow and change. That's the whole point. I'm not doing it today. Yeah. So so well, that's my that's always yeah. the point that I'm making is like I don't understand like I think it's a wonderful thing when people change yeah. and grow and educate themselves. Yeah. So for me it's like I don't quite understand sometimes the I get the I understand call out culture. I get it and it's necessary. Yeah. And cancel culture is necessary in some situations too. Goodbye, yeah. Harvey. But like yes. I think if somebody has shown a willingness to change and like an right. actual actual growth, like it's a good thing. Speaking of Harvey Weinstein, had you ever heard any rumblings before it all came to fruition? Everyone had. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Everybody knew. That's what's so crazy about that situation. And so many of those situations where it was like, no one is surprised to hear that, you know, Scott Rudin's abusive or like, you know, it's like people just knew that. But did you ever have any opportunity to work with him in which you'd have to make a decision? Of no, yes or I never no? I never was cornered by Harvey. I never worked with him. But what, like what if you had been approached to work on something? Oh, to work with on the, something? On something, not where you had to go meet him at the peninsula. But would, having heard rumors and stuff, do you, do you honestly think that would have ever, ever made you go, you know what, can we look for a different no, film? No, I'm going to be honest with you. Right. At the time. I love that you're honest. I would think I, I can see I why done people it. did. And so yeah. did many other people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I probably would have said like, OK, I'll just I'll be careful. I yes. wouldn't have been thinking about the fact that I don't want this monster to continue to profit. Like, yes. I And now I would feel differently. But at the time, I was honestly, I was very I had tunnel vision and was very self-centered. Yeah. I mean, I understand that when when it's Hollywood and you 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 don't want to turn down any opportunity and you think that opportunity may not come around again. And so you can, you know, put the blinders on or compartmentalize or whatever it takes to be like, yeah, exactly that. And then in retrospect, you're like, yeah, you know, I'm always waiting for someone to come out. And I've said this so many times and be like, look, I did sleep with these people to get apart. Because I knew that was the only way to get me in front. And then, guess what? I Everyone saw how great I was. And then I never had to sleep with creeps again. But I would love it if some actress who I know is walking on this earth still today could just be really honest about her story. Heather, this is like the exact, like, I sent this whole TED Talk to my group chat at one point where I said the same thing. Oh, really? I said, you know, the one the people we are not hearing from are the people who willingly slept with people as a transaction to right. get ahead. Right. They exist. Why is nobody talking about it? Because I actually think that's an important story to share. And I actually think if I had, I would tell you. And I, I thank you. And I also think there's there's a that's being a feminist too. That's being like I was smart enough to know that I was not going to get that part the legit way. Yeah. And I knew the guy was here and I knew what I had to do and I said just give me this part and I fucking killed that small part and from there I never had to suck another dick. Like, just say it. Like, just. I mean, I never. It would be so interesting. And I think it would be empowering. 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 And also, I think it would. Yeah. Women had to do stuff we didn't want to do. But we were smart enough to be like, "Um, I'm going to count to whatever. (laughs) Hold my breath. Get through it. and, And know that I just need people to see me. And they're not going to see me because my parents aren't famous. And or whatever, you know, that's the thing. I mean, it's that's why I've always fully acknowledged the fact that the the reason that I got to become like a screenwriter with a face, a recognizable screenwriter, which there are not that many of us, is because I did like sexy stuff <laughs> Like at the time. That was my that was how I got my foot in the door. And I mean, I also just think, yes, you're a female, you're unique and you were young. Yeah. How young were you when you got nominated? I wasn't that young. I was 29. 
So that's pretty, you know. Yeah, I know. It's but unusual. I was like, it's, un- it's still somewhat unusual, yeah, right? Yeah. And and also that you were like hip and you had like a, you know, an edgy style. And I think that was just something that was fun to see. It was, you know, it all fit and it was cool. And at the, t- it was at the time it was. It's funny looking back because I feel like this new generation of public figures are able to really express themselves and talk totally. about their sexuality and their this. And, and it's like it's it must be so fun. Right. It must be so fun to just be like, yeah, I'm queer. I'm this. I'm that. You know, it's yeah. like and at the time it was just like. Me having tattoos was wild. It was like, wild. Yeah. It was like. Oh, my God. It was yeah, like yes. people thought it was the craziest thing. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. It was yeah, like, how does this tattoo girl know how to write? I know. <laughs> it was honestly, that was that was part, that was really like the dialogue around me. It was like a stripper with tattoos who's literate. Yeah. And it's just like so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so so well, we, we so we started to have fun. You started to become such a personality, and you had some other. I remember you had your red trailer. What did oh you yeah, have? I had you a red like, band trailer. You Thank had, you for bringing this up. This yeah. is like nobody talks about this. Um, I you did had your own talk show. I had a little a little YouTube talk show. Okay, in my in my airstream trailer, um, and interviewed celebs, and it was fun. And how does it? I mean, do you do you? What was it like to kind of go from being the writer, then kind of being your own famous person, you know, where you you were like a famous person and and recognizable and going back to sort of being more the writer, you know, um, have you directed as well? I directed once and I didn't like it. Okay, but the right the writer creator, you know. Do you get recognized as you walk no. around? No. Oh, my God. No, no, okay. no. And that's honestly, like, I prefer it that way. Uh-huh. To me, so I— So you don't miss any of that? No, absolutely okay. not. And, like, I avoid it, honestly, because when you're in the Academy, you were asking me before we oh, yes. began, you said, do you get invited to the Oscars? The answer is no. However, I do, because I'm in the voting body, get invited to these crazy parties every year where it's, like, you know, fancy— A-lister-type oh. parties, but I never go to any of them. I haven't been to one in years because I just— I don't I I realized from that whole experience you're talking about that I'm not comfortable being a public figure like and I'm not comfortable in like celebrity circles. And I just like being in the valley with my dirty kids. <laughs> That's what I like. It's too much to get all dressed up and go. It's too it's like stressful for you. It it's is. Not inc- fun. I find it incredibly stressful. OK, Um. it's it, I, I guess it's like sometimes I think to myself, you should just get back out there. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's good to recognize, you know, at a certain point, like, no, that's not my vibe. It's not my vibe. Just and like the girl that pretends like she's into camping with her boyfriend. And she's that's not what into I was doing. Into camping. I literally had to pretend that I was into getting dressed up and like into yeah. like being schmoozing. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. not, I just don't like it. Yeah. I like it. Do you? That's yeah. great. You ever decide you want to go to something again? And bring you? Yeah. Well, I got invited to your other premiere. That's where I, that's actually one of the times I saw you in the last few years. Um, I'm sorry that I don't remember the name, but it was the movie about the mom suffering from postpartum. Tully. Tully. Oh, yeah, you were there. Tilly. Tully. Wait, how do you T-U-L-L-Y. Oh, that's it. Um, that's a really good movie. Thank you. That was a really juicy movie with a twist. And Knowing that you were a mom of three, was that at all um, your story? Oh, yeah, definitely. You I suffered mean, from postpartum? I did. And uh-huh. it, I, it's funny because the first couple of times it didn't happen. And then I had Nico and I was That's just, your baby? Yeah, my baby uh-huh. who's eight now. Um, I'm making it sound like it's his fault. <laughs> I'm like, and then Nico came and fucked every. No, he's. Well, also a third, I'm just thinking you have more. Uh, going on with you have two other ones you have to watch you know so I just think every situation is different it's which is why birth order is something I find fascinating same because you can have the same parents you could have raised been raised in the same neighborhood the same home and you're going to have a totally different experience than maybe your sibling who's six years older 100 or younger yeah and I really I'll be honest with you like I bit off more than I could chew with three I couldn't believe you had a third yeah me neither it was because that psychic told me I was going to have a girl and I was like, oh, here she comes. 
This all is this all your fault? I think this is all my fault. But you have a perfect Nico now. No, I'm just kidding. No, Nico's um, Nico's incredible, and he's yeah. also so necessary to the dynamic of our family. Like he, right. you know he, what I mean? Like yes, how every person, out. yeah, he's he's he needs to be there, and he's awesome. But like at the time, so you, I definitely bit off more than I could chew. And what and how did you suffer from it? Did you know this is what was happening to you? No, that's uh-huh. the thing. I think it's really hard to see. And I didn't realize what was going on until I went to Nico was a few weeks old and I briefly ducked out of the house to see a friend. And she immediately saw that there was it was the same friend that bought me the sweater, actually. Oh, so she knows you well. <laughs> yeah. And she Dana, she she saw that I was suffering. Uh-huh. And she said, you need help. I'm going to help you. And she's this one of those very connected people that makes a phone call and makes things happen. And she made that. she made a phone call. And that night, there's this knock on my door. And it's this baby nurse, which I'd never had, like, one of those night nannies. Or I never any, did either. Yeah. yeah and I just... Which, and, by the way, I'm like, if you can afford it or if you're looking to give someone a gift... Oh, my God. Or something. Life-changing. Even if it can be, like, every other night they come or right. something. I think that is so great. And I had been so, like snobby about it but it's like you know that you meet people in this business where it's like their entire parenting experience is outsourced yes and you're like i'm not gonna be that i don't want to be that person and so i've always been really like no i'm gonna i sit up with my babies every night and i did it with marcello i did it with rocco nico i i wasn't even able to parent the other two during the day because i was like so depressed so tired and then this angel shows up and suddenly i i just handed her the baby and i went to sleep and Tully, that was based on this experience of like, what if somebody could just help you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was, I think yeah. it was great. So that yeah. was, that was a wild time. So now you've just, you've got these three kids, three boys, they're older, you're divorced. Are you dating? Yeah, I've had a boyfriend for almost three and a half years we've been together. Oh, how nice. Yeah. He's, and everybody gets along. You I know, love that. I, I'm not going to knock the table because I've been advised not to do that. But usually yeah. I'm a wood knocker. Yes. Um, and I am very, very fortunate for the extended sort of blended family unit that I have going on. I love that. That yeah. is so nice because it's so rare. It is, it's more rare than, than normal. It is. It, I wish it was less rare because yeah. I re- it really is nice when it works, especially for the kids. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the Oscars. What did you think of the Barbie snub? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like... If you told me I could write a movie that would make a billion dollars worldwide, but you said I had to trade in my Oscar for that, I would do it so fast <laughs> that you don't like I basically I'm saying Barbie already won in my book because I think that to me having a movie that is that powerful, that successful, like a topic of conversation for like a freaking year, like I think that's it- better than an Oscar nominee plus Plus, Margot and Greta both got nominated for as producers. They got nominated as producers. Greta got nominated for writing, and like I obviously, I think she deserved to be nominated for best director, and I think Margot should have been nominated for best actress. But they're fine. Well, I think um, I like to make lemonade out of lemons often, and I think it's like poetic justice. It's almost like a gift that they got a little snubbed. Because it was like, yeah, this is what it is. This is what the movie is oh, about. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, just. Like, it's almost perfect. Like, had they It's part of their marketing campaign yeah, to get it, it snubbed. Almost, like, <laughs> ma- it, like, it literally almost, like, works people to be more behind the movie and more like, girl, you know, you're, that next movie is going to even be bigger and better. And you're right. They still get to go. They still get the accolades and all of that. But um, well, the other thing I was going to say, so but. But you do get to vote, right? As a winner, you get to vote, or you? Yeah, don't I get, get to vote, vote for in the writers branch. Oh, okay. So the you different... only get to write, wrote, you only get to vote for the writing. I ones? don't get to vote for best director. No, I don't oh. think I do. Okay, I'll be honest with you. I did not vote this year because I didn't see everything, and also I'm late on my dues. <laughs> like I, I'm not eligible to vote right now, and I just got to be real. So how does it work? Who does the nomination? How many people are in charge of nominating who these five people are? Do you know that answer? I, I know. No, I don't. Where is your Oscar? It's so I have. Do you even deserve to have this? Knowing no answers. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, where I probably. Is it? I mean, the answer is no. Yeah. So I, I have, I have my Oscar and my Tony, which are the because I'm, I'm hoping to build the EGOT eventually. Yes. Oh my god. I, I don't know if that will happen. Um, it rarely does. 
I have them out on um, just like a l- nice little sort of console table in my living room. But that's but you've had television series. I have, but I've never won an Emmy or anything. But you could. I could try. Now we we like to. You're still a fan of The Bachelor. Yes, always was. Always I, there's will. certain there, seasons there, I've skipped. Wasn't but, there also a Bachelor like after show that you were on? I was like on, you and Chris Jenner were on it all the time, <laughs> and it was like yes. I used to be like a, a more committed member of Bachelor Nation. I would do like the after shows and stuff. But Me like, too. I it's used been to a while. cover it on yeah. uh, on Juice Scoop and, and everything. And I I did sort of start to lose. You know what? I think I I I much like Chris Harrison got a little. You know, I mean, there's a reason why he got the boot, which is stupid. But like, I I what happened? I was like, well, he's a little old. He's no longer the the wingman. Like when it started a million years ago, he was the same age as that first. Michael Michelle or whatever his name was. Alex the, Michelle. Alex Michelle. The first Bachelor. They were like buddies. Like yeah. it was the same age. And then I was like, you know, as time goes on, I think that the host should be some, I, you know, because it was like you'd come out there towards the end and the girls would have no makeup on and they look like they're about 12, you know, even though they're like 22 or something. And you'd be like, so girls, overnights are tomorrow. And I was Ugh. like, I was just kind of like, okay, maybe this is a little. So... Um, I think, you know, I, I think, and I was, I was just on, um, Caitlin Bristow's show. Am I too old to be on this? Is that what you're saying? No, I think, I think that I'll tell you really quite honestly, they, um, they stopped having douchey, uh, frat guys on and that's my type. And I stopped (sighs) being attracted. They, I, they were too like artsy fartsy for me. And you know I like I like a douchey frat. And then also I think they're just too young. Like now I'm just like, oh my God. Like well, 24, 25 is like there were times when The Bachelor was like 35 and like owned bars. Remember that one yeah. guy? Like they were a little bit well, older. That's why I and love Nick actually, Riles, because he's like he was always like the older dude in the yes. group. Yeah. And now and they had sometimes they had money. Now it's just like you're the run up, the runner up. So it was like originally it was like they picked that bachelor because Alex Michelle, because he had money and everything. and But now it's just who was the fan favorite know, from never, the prior he season. He never got married. I don't think. I didn't Someone know that. could probably correct me. Um, so he truly, what he manifested being the bachelor. <laughs> I think, I always thought he seemed kind of gay, but not that that matters, but it, I don't know. I mean, certainly would have come out now. I mean, the other guy did come out. He did. And got married. Um. Yeah, well, I just watched the premiere of the new season of Bachelor the other night, and I, I have to say it's it skews incredibly young this season because the it, Bachelor himself's in his twenties, and it's he and the girls are like twenty three, twenty four. Yes, it's all too young for me. Yeah. So when I did the show, I was um, Katie. It was a Bachelorette, and I was facilitating a date. And oh, I remember this, and I was just like, these guys were just. There was, you know, of course, I only, I was only like into talking to like one of them that was like turned out to be the biggest dick but like he was like dark haired and darker skin I don't know and he was I can't remember his name but he was really tall and he was really like charming like I was helping him with like his skit or whatever and he was like like I was feeling it yeah I was feeling it like and I was like okay but I do think that yeah I just sort of but I could get back into it. And then I started to watch The Bachelor, The Golden Bachelor. And then I came across this guy on TikTok that did such a good impression of Jerry. That oh, I saw him. It's oh incredible. God. And he was like, oh, you make me feel so special. <laughs> that's so special. Like, I was dying laughing. No, that's an, that is a solid impression that he has. Do of- you think that Jerry um, was into Teresa, he perked up when he no, realized yes. how much money she had. It was so obvious. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to talk trash about them. I wish them all the happiness in the world. Because they are now married, But right? it was so obvious yeah. to me that his whole vibe changed when he found out that she was successful. And lived in North Carolina and had her home. And well, they always stuff. say old guys want a nurse and a purse. Oh. That's the saying. They want no. a woman who can take care of him as he ages and money. Okay, I've heard that expression, but I've heard it differently. What have I've you heard? heard a woman say... I don't want to be a nurse or a purse. I don't want to be a nurse for an old fart, and I don't want to be a purse for a young buck. Oh, a pur- we'll see. You could also wind up being a nurse and a purse to an old guy, which would be the worst of both worlds. Right. I'm happy to be a purse for a hot young man. <laughs> I know I know my friend's mother, who was incredible looking. She was, you know, not, not a stranger to the plastic surgery, but she was always petite 
always had like a nice ass and like just really good body. Anyway, she meets this guy at the gym and he keeps asking her out. And she's like, do you know how old I am? And he is like 52 and she's like 70. And he was like, aren't you like 52 or something? Like, aren't you like my age? And she's like, no. And he won't stop. And she's got grandkids and she's married and everything. And so they get married. And he goes on a bike ride and he gets in an accident. And so now she's he's the she was the nurse in the purse. Interesting. And then when he recovered, then they got divorced. I mean, those are scary stories. Well, you never know. I'm saying you know, like everyone. No, you thought, don't know. Oh my God, how is he gonna marry this woman and she's gonna be in a wheelchair? And it was like, no, it's the opposite. So you never know. Like, there's no guarantee of like marrying someone old and rich or marrying someone rich that they're going to stay rich or marrying someone there's young no that she's going to stay hot. Yeah. yeah. Like there's no. So that's if you why like it's always someone, crazy. You like someone, just be happy that you guys have something to talk about at dinner. That's I agree with you completely. Yeah. And I also feel the same way when people are like, how can someone have a baby when they're 45? Because they're going to. And it's like, you don't know what's going to happen to anyone. Right. Like you could have a baby when you're 21 and something bad can happen. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like we have no clue what happens in life. So like, let's just roll the dice. And or have when fun. someone's like. Like I saw this girl, like and she was like, I'm an old mom or whatever. And she's holding a baby. She's like, I'm going to be at a high school graduation at 60. So what? Who cares? That's what like I was 60, saying. Like, like is 60 old? Is 60 not old if you take care of yourself? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You could be at a high school graduation at 60. That is not. You could be at a high school graduation for your 18-year-old when you're 70. It's not. This is what I say. Yeah. Because, like, obviously I have no dog. I'm done having children. So this right. is not me personally. But right. when I have friends who are my age or older and are like, I, should I? I'm like, yeah, why not? Yeah, like exactly. It's kind of chic, to be honest. It's like a celebrity thing to and do. And then when people are like, oh, but look at the world today. I'm always like, the world's been shit forever. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, people are still having babies during World War II. People are having babies after Vietnam. People are having babies when there was no gas. Yeah. And I mean, my mom said she was at the grocery store with the five kids. And this woman walked up to her and said, how dare you overpopulate the world like this? I mean. And that's what people thought. People thought we were going to be overpopulated. That that people like my mom, you know, having five kids was like ruining the environment. I mean, there's a lot of people who still imagine feel that if way. there was no Heather. <laughs> as long as you don't have a private jet, you're fine. I know. Imagine exactly. No, but it's like it's just so dumb. So I'm like, no. If 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 you if your desire on this earth is to be a mother or a father, go for it. Whatever means it takes. That's yeah. your right. That's, I mean, I don't I, think about that the world is ending and you just go be friends with Jeff Bezos and <laughs> or Mark Zuckerberg and get swim down into the cave. Live in- <laughs> yeah, I need to live in Mark Zuckerberg's bunker that he's building in Hawaii. Make some friends with that lady. Try to oh find out God. what, yeah, what I need to figure that out. Yeah, no, what's cool? Hi, want to work on the committee together? <laughs> um, okay, so. So you started to watch The Bachelor and you're, are you into it? I'm into it, but it is harder to relate to. I I keep getting older. They keep getting younger. Did you like The Golden Bachelor? I got a little I, bored. You, you okay, loved it? So okay, so I do think it fell off a little bit as the mm-hmm. season went on, but I did, I did love it. And the reason I loved it is yes. because it was the first time in many years that we had seen a cast of people who weren't all trying to become influencers who yes. weren't like they were just they were truly looking for companionship. So there was a sincerity to it that you don't see with the younger folks. And what I loved is the women like really kind of became friends and everything. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. Like you guys all have you're all older, but you're still fit. Like you can all go to Europe together. Go That's, to the Amalfi Coast this summer. You I, found a bunch of women that are single. That's like a dream come true. I said when before the show aired, I said I would not be surprised if a group of the women wind up just walking off together. Yeah. Because these are older women who are like no bullshit. Right. Like are not going to like stand for shit. And like they're all going to like each other and they're all going to be like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Yeah. Like, like who cares? <laughs> I'm like I'm surprised it didn't happen. And then I did they ever say is there going to be a golden golden bachelorette? So here's the thing. They are trying. I wish I had like the full like Mike Fly scoop, but like they're trying to. But it's difficult to find a bunch of guys that aren't like because the nurse of the purse, the nurse of the purse, or like honestly, a lot of these, a lot of old dudes who are like great on paper want to be with like way younger women. Totally, which is you know uh, sad, (laughs) but reality. I kind of think you gotta you you gotta do it a little bit 
all around. Like you did, you did it in the, they had to be over 60. Cause I guess my, somebody I know, oh, my friend who lives in Phoenix, she had a friend who went out for it. And according to her, they said, no, the women have to be over 60, at least 60 for that, for the Golden Bachelor, because yeah. he was 72. So they didn't want women in their 50s. But I think you do it more like the 55-ish range. Because then if you find like a, a like a, a, a woman who is like maybe 55, but like fit and she, her kids are grown and everything, then you could, she could skew both ways. Oh, right. So we could have older guys. Like and if she's guys. like a young, youthful 55 and she's banging, which there's tons of them around. I mean, I'm not too far off. And so I'm like, there's tons of them around. They exist. Yeah. And but so she could date like a guy who's like 65, but she could also date like a 48 year old and it would not be weird. It's a good idea. But here's what I'll tell you. The discourse around this would be so negative because people would go, how come the Golden Bachelor gets to be 72 or however old? Gary right. is. But why does the Golden Bachelorette have to be 55? We need to call it something not the Golden Bachelorette. <laughs> we need to create, you know, how there's like cougars. Yeah, and like the, a there cougar. Was, there was cougars and there's pumas. Like there's got to be a name. I guess there's a, it's gray cougar, which is that what it sound is? good. Gray puma. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's, it's a hard thing. And I, who cares? Um, what do you think of Travis and Taylor? Do you think they're going to get married? I do. I have been calling this from the beginning. I think so have I. Because first of all, like she's at that exact stage of her 30s where Perfect. you're just like, let's do this. Exactly. I think that she is, first, I, I am a Swifty. Yeah, who um, isn't? Yes. She's great. Who isn't? I Loves love them mom. together. She's a good friend. But she gets to, yeah. she's getting to like cosplay as a normie <sighs> in a way that I think is thrilling for her. Like she's yes. hanging out in Kansas City with like people and like, <laughs> she, do you know what I mean? Like she's just like getting to have an experience that I don't think she got to have because she spent her teens, um, you know, building this career. Yeah. And I think now she's getting to be the like girlfriend at the stands with like the football player boy. I just think it's like, I think she's happy. Now, I I followed Taylor's career as well. I like her music just like anybody else, but I'm not hardcore Swifty. But what I love about Taylor is so much. But, you know, she's a super talented, good, good girl, thanking her mother when she won her first award. But she's kind of a geek. Let's just in in the express. She's yeah, kind, for of, sure. kind of a geek. And but she was a talented, pretty geek. So the people around her when she was coming up in high school were fucking assholes to her. They were really mean and they mocked her because they were jealous bitches. And she kind of knew that. And there's some classics, there's some urban myth story or something where like she knew it and she like invited everybody to something. Like she knew that these people in high school were like dicks about it, even though she was like on and, and winning and everything. So then now after the Kanye thing that really fucked with her brain and everything and really like everyone hated her and Kim made it seem like she lied when she didn't. And she was like, I have the proof and everything. And she went away for a year and then she comes back stronger than ever. And everybody just realizes that like she totally is a girl who supports women isn't jealous, is a heart, like has her, her girls with her, celebrates women, gives them a way for them to shine too. Like she's just so great. And yeah, now she gets to be with this cute, normal guy who has, you yeah. know, that everyone likes, who's super talented. And, and I said the same thing as you, like, I think she's kind of pragmatic and like, this is my time to, this is appropriate time age-wise to get married and have kids and stuff. Yeah. And I will be heartbroken if it doesn't happen. So my theory. Yes. Because I really think about this a lot. Who does she's, So she's playing. I'm probably going to ruin it now. I Say hope they it. don't see this. We she's, do predictions I, all the time. I believe, Your predictions can win. It's I believe okay. in May that she's going to be playing. Uh, the heiress tour is going to be in Paris. And I'm like, he's going to do. Because he, doesn't he seem like the kind of guy who does the like kind Eiffel of, Tower proposal? Like he's kind of like basic in a hot way. Yes. And so I think they're going to get engaged in Paris. Mm. <laughs> is there a chance that his team is going to the Super Bowl? 
So if they do, we're, that's going to be tough for her because she's playing Tokyo. Like I said, this is my Roman Empire. She is she's going to have to do a quick jaunt from Tokyo to wherever the Super Bowl is. But like, can she make it? Is her show she Saturday can make it? Night? Don't worry. She can make Wait, it. So is her Tokyo show Saturday? It, it, I believe it is. But she's going to cross the international dateline. What does I, that mean? You gain the hours It means back. like you like get the day back or oh, something. Okay, this, okay. I, I'm okay. a moron. Okay, let's okay. just be real about this. Okay, so she comes and she goes to the game. Yeah. But, but if, she's he, gonna make if it. they win, it won't be then because that that's she's not going to want to step on that moment. He's not. So I agree with you on that. They won't get engaged at the Super Bowl, no. Okay. I'm saying, I'm, I'm thinking Paris, but like, I don't know. I also thought they were going to get engaged at her birthday, and I was wrong about that. I Maybe kinda, that was okay, too soon. I like her idea of the May because I feel like, won't that be almost like almost a year of dating, which is also appropriate? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know they're on that accelerated 30s timeline. Yeah, yeah. But I think that that could be, I don't yeah. know. I don't want to be this invested, but like, <laughs> it's... I always, when people didn't think it was real, I was like, no, I totally think it's real. I think it's so cute. And I, yeah, I just, I just love it. I have a question for you yes. about though, the is it real of it all? Yes. I find that people, the sort of general public discourse about relationships with celebrities is people are always like, this is fake. This is fake. This is Because they don't publicity. want people to be happy. But I don't think yeah. it ever is. Like I personally, I've been in this business for 20 years now. Okay. I've never known anyone in a publicity relationship. Interesting. Nor have I ever gotten any inside scoop on a, on a relationship being fake. So I'm kind of thinking that maybe that doesn't happen, but maybe I'm naive and I'm being left out of that whole conversation. Okay. And like, now do I, you, Heather? Do you I know anyone who's okay, been in a relationship? I can't remember that was fake. now who this couple was, but oh, fuck. But they would go out a lot. They'd be in paparazzi with, and the walks looked like it was fake. And they were young. Like I can't remember who they were. And now I can't remember if it if it ever stuck. It was. Yeah, you're right. I I think every. Every really well, I did kind of wonder about the Kylie and the Timothy. I mean, that seems real to me, but I don't They're know. They're cute. I mean, I just also think in this day and age, who's faking? Why fake it? Like, what are you gaining? I mean, does anyone really need like a beard anymore or whatever? Like, who right. cares? So, I don't know what the point of that would be. But in the beginning of the Kylie and Timothy, it just seemed weird. It seemed like but they were being so private about it. I feel yeah. like if it had been for publicity, they would have been doing right. the pop strolls and stuff. Yeah. And also, it's just so not, well, we think we know her type, but she's young. Not everybody has a type, obviously. So yeah. she went from like this hardcore rapper to like this, you know, artsy, thin boy. So it's like, I think people were like, wow, but you know. The heart wants what it wants. Yeah. I mean, that'd be pretty amazing if they really... They went the distance. Yeah. That would be cute. And he's like a stepdad to the kids and everything. Wait, are you friends with Chris Jenner? I mean, I'm friendly. I've always been friendly with her, but I certainly am not calling her and asking her about Timothy. No, I'm like, just saying she must be psyched because this is really, they're leveling up. I mean, I think she's happy. She is the most supportive of everybody, probably too supportive of the men in the lives. Like, yeah, I remember, she's making like a stocking for Tristan and stuff. Like, yes, I remember like I'd put his stocking in the street and run over it with my car. I remember going to a dinner years ago and Lamar and Chloe, if they weren't getting divorced yet, he had been caught with women and they were broken up and everything. And she had like a dinner for her birthday at her house, Kristen. And Lamar shows up with, you know, some designer box, some fancy purse and she was like, oh, Lamar. And they sit down and, you know, he's just like pouring his heart out to her and she's being so sweet. And I think she was always, you know, I thought, well, he doesn't have parents, Lamar. So I think she was always like a mother figure. She was a mother figure. Scott's parents Scott, both, yeah. both died very young um, when he was very young. I mean, when he was, you know, whatever, like 10 years ago they passed. So she was always for for him being like, I'm not going to let this right relationship end. Then then the Tristan, everyone's too nice about the Tristan. Yeah, so the she's... The Kanye, though, I think she's been like... She's like, yeah, she's like, 
Uh, yeah, she's not. <laughs> Once you started take- calling her Chris Jong Un on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> I think that might have been the breaking point for Chris Jenner. And there was that moment where Kim, I guess, wrote and was like, "Please, my mom is sixty-five years old. Can you leave her the fuck alone?" Like, and then he screenshots that and puts it on Instagram, which to make matters worse, like, what are you I doing, mean, man? When I see talk about the opposite of what you have and getting along with your ex and raising your kids together, all the money in the world, all the planes, all the perfect body, skims, perfect face, you know, muted home, whatever. The fact that she has to deal with that fucker for at least, I think the youngest boy, Psalm, is couldn't even be three yet or four max. So, and then college, I mean, we're talking for the next 20 years, she's going to have to deal with him. And whatever new weird chick he brings around or what this is, I mean, I think the the girl's in on it. I think she's getting paid. Oh, really? I think she's getting paid. And I think this is his weird artsy. I, and I think it's to mock him. It, I definitely get the vibe that something about it is meant to trigger and mock him for sure, where it's like this person looks like you, but I'm going to put them in submissive situations or yes. something like but and she's younger and she's I, pretty very very pretty yeah. i really respect him because she's refuses to speak negatively about him and that's <sighs> got to be challenging i know i'm like really you're gonna go to the soccer game and she shows up in a pair of nylons up to her nipples holding a purple <laughs> pillow and you have to be like hey i got the orange slices together <laughs> like i mean i just like that is where i'm like but you know what they knew he was weird and they all he elevated them first oh he 100%. was the one that totally elevated them and i feel like they all were like oh my god you know he's such a genius he's so great he's so generous he was richer than them when they got together and now kim's a billionaire i mean kim has in my opinion from what i understand she's got way more money than him yeah for sure and, and what and does he even have the ability to get ever back on track does anyone care i mean i almost feel like he's kind of past his prime and then all the awful things that he said all the you know anti everything that he has said is i mean are we gonna want his ugly clothes i remember when the whole family including caitlin got in did the fashion show was wearing like ripped Yes, I remember. Ripped clean. And they're all like, oh, we love it. Ripped cream clothes. And I mean, mean, it was so the emperor has no clothes. I was like, what is this? I I want to believe Kanye has said and done some extremely problematic things. With that aside, I mean, in his in his prime as a musician, I I was such a fan. Yeah. And it's like I would love to see him make that level of music again. I just don't know if he will. But like what happened? Remember when he had the church every Sunday like two years ago? Oh, yeah. And everybody was going. It was at the forum. And then he was like, then he was going to have the. He was the- going to start like a cult in Wyoming or something, wasn't no, he? It was, with it was like-, like Calabasas. He was starting something in Calabasas. Oh, yeah. He abandoned that. Then there was going to be a school. That's been abandoned. Then he was telling her when they were still together when she was getting ready for the Met and she wore the. Um, the one outfit that looked like it was wet. But it was oh, like all these like. It was drops. amazing. It was amazing. And she like, and, and he was like. Well, you're a mother of four. Why are you wearing that? And I remember she was like, I know you're on your like journey to Christ, but like uh, the thing is tomorrow, fucker. And you were part of picking this out because he was originally wearing making her wear weird clothes. Remember, that's I think he kind of um, I can't I don't want to speculate about someone's mental health, but it seems like Kanye has episodes of religious psychosis. Yes. Because then in a couple of weeks, he'll be totally it'll be totally different. And he'll you know, but I yeah, it's it's a tough situation. For yeah, um, the movie Lisa Lisa Frankenstein. I want to know, like again, I asked you how you thought of Juno, and that's this being your latest film. What made you think of doing this movie? Because it's about a girl who falls in love with this corpse, yes, but then comes around, and it's it is very dark and it is very funny. And there's some really crazy scenes that you have never seen in any other movie. So like, how did you think of this like Frankenstein idea of kind of creating this monster that she then falls in love with? Well, I feel like over the years, we've seen so many movies about men creating the perfect woman, whether oh, it's yes, like weird science, weird science, yes. major in spot for this movie. That's oh, okay. why the main character is named Lisa. But there's also, um, you know, even just like a My Fair Lady type story, this idea of like creating the perfect woman. And I just thought like, 
who's the perfect man? He can't talk. <laughs> yeah. but, um, it was I, for, in my mind, I'd had this idea for a, a teenage girl with an animated reanimated corpse boyfriend idea for a long time. And then when the pandemic hit in 2020, it was right after the show had closed on Broadway. Obviously, the entire world shuts down. It's a nightmare. We're in this like surreal, dark alternate timeline all of a sudden. And I just the kids are home from school. And I thought I need to escape into something. So at night I was writing this movie. And I was able to channel kind of all my anxiety into it. And it's a very romantic movie, which was fun for me because I haven't really ever done anything like that. And I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I love the movie. And it's a love letter to the 80s, which was like my, I love, and my what, era. What, and is that why you chose to maybe to make it an 80s movie versus today? Like, how did you think to do it a different era? Well, I having a teenager in my home, I see where most of their social interactions live, and that is on their phones. And I just thought to myself, like, I miss the immediacy of yeah. my teen years where it was like you'd meet up somewhere. You didn't really you just had to trust that the other person was going to be there. Yeah. And like you just be like, meet you at the, the J.C. Penney's where the bells are. Yes. And you just. Yeah, and you had to find your own entertainment. I know I sound yeah. like the most grizzled Gen X per words. Like, right. we used to ride around in the bed of a pickup truck, which we did. Yes. But it's like, <laughs> that's, to me, that's where that's where my, my deepest feelings of nostalgia live. So. Yeah. And, you know, it was so funny because I was watching, I made um, my son watch uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, yeah. And we loved it. And when he started it, he goes, wait, really? This many people wore jeans all at the same time? And I just thought that was the funniest thing because he's like, now everybody wears just like pajama pants. It is weird that kids don't really wear jeans anymore. They do. It's so My son has nice jeans, but you're right. They want to wear those like soft joggers. Yeah. But it's just, it was so funny. But he liked That was his takeaway. But he did like the movie. Yeah. I'm sure he did, especially a couple parts. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But this is great. I'm so happy. And when does the movie come out to be available for everybody to go see it will be out on february 9th great and um in in theaters and i the plan beyond that i should know i really have to get my details straight but um i i really hope people go out and enjoy it and it's like a great valentine's day movie it's pg-13 so there's i love that it's available to many for many people to see not for kids but teenagers definitely and um yeah i'm just excited about it I think it's going to be great. And I think it's like something you could go with your kids to, too. That's what I'm saying. That's what I love. It's like, yeah. like a, it, it definitely, I love that the Gen X and the Gen Z, there's, there are so many fun things that, that you can enjoy together. And I like definitely think this is a good one. So go to the movie theater, go to the fancy movie theater, or sneak the candy in your purse, whatever works for you. <laughs> Just go see the movie. And where can they follow you on social media? I'm not on social media. Oh, you're a real... You're like a real person. You're <laughs> yeah, like I mean, a real actual industry. I love it. Honestly, oh, I'm just kind of lucky. Chick- I'm kind of chicken shit. I can't deal with the like. You're not missing anything. I'm not? I mean, no. I mean, I have to do it. Sometimes I wish I could take a break. I wish it would go away. But it is also really great for what I do. I really need it. But I feel like if you don't, you are not missing out. I do like I I. I am on TikTok, but I don't post. If that's that, what like, I'm, I'm saying. Diablo Cody on TikTok, so follow me if you want, but I'm not going to be posting anything. <laughs> right, but you can look at it and everything, but there is yeah. something nice about not seeing all the immediate responses to something you do every day. No, it's If you it's don't scary. need to do it for your business, yeah. I say don't. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank you. So fun. No, this was a blast. I really appreciate it. Oh, I loved it. Thanks. <laughs> 